Hello, and welcome to the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, TraumaCast series. I'm your host, Dr. Levi Proctor, an assistant professor of surgery at the University of Kentucky Chandler Medical Center. Joining us today is Dr. Paula Ferrada. Dr. Ferrada is an assistant professor of surgery at the Virginia Commonwealth University. She's also the associate director of the Surgical Residency, as well as the associate director for Surgical Critical Care Fellowship. Dr. Ferrada is one of the lead authors of the East Guideline paper titled, Timing and Type of Surgical Treatment for Clostridium Difficile-Associated Disease, published in the Journal of Trauma and Acute Care Surgery in July of 2014. Today, we'll discuss this guideline. First, I'd like to thank you for joining us, Dr. Ferrada. Thank you so much for including me. So just to start, this is a not uncommon disease process that we as general surgeons and acute care surgeons deal with. What was kind of the reason for writing this guideline and having your other co-authors involved? So um, several reasons. Uh, the most important reason is that we um, write something I want to believe is because we want to change patient outcome and better patient care. And, uh, and this was the substance result in such high mortality. Um, we thought it was important to bring this uh, to attention, not only to the surgeons, but to other specialties. So the other reason was we wanted to change the way that uh, we write guidelines uh, with EAST. Most associations in the world had adopted the great methodology. And um, we didn't want EAST and surgeons in general to fall behind. So this was the perfect opportunity to do something that was uh, relevant to patient care and relevant to our organization as well. So for the people in the audience that don't know, can you just kind of give a short synopsis of what the GRADE methodology uh, encompasses? Absolutely. So um, before we used to do a GRADE, I'm sorry, we used to do a guideline in which we just made a summary of the literature and give level recommendations. GRADE methodology not only takes uh, into account the, the quality of the evidence, but also how that quality of the evidence will impact patient care. We do it through uh, PICO questions. Uh, P is the population, I is the intervention, C is comparison, and, out, and O is outcome. And uh, in this way, not only gives us the opportunity to do a systematic um, review, and um, but also it gives us the opportunity to apply that evidence to real results in uh, real patients. So it's a much more comprehensive uh, approach than the standard, yeah, these are all the articles I found, and I think this is the best way we should do it. It's more comprehensive, but also it's, uh, it gives the clinician a, a real tool in which they can say, we can strongly recommend or we can suggest something. So it gives the clinician a real tool to go by when treating their patients. Okay. And so based on that grade methodology and all the review, in terms of the C. difficile associated disease, what did it say about who and when we should operate on for this clinical problem? So we went over the literature for the past 10 years. And as you can imagine, in 10 years, surgery has evolved a lot. And the way that people write also has evolved a lot. So the first challenge was to um, get the numbers that we needed from the papers and made us understand also the quality of evidence that we produce in general in surgery. But we were able to find that um, it's, it's no secret, but now it can be backed up by the literature you need to operate in these patients earlier. You cannot wait until they're uh, sick in vasopressors in renal failure and respiratory failure. And uh, there's no magic number, but 
uh, all our most articles that talk about exact timing in days, they say between three to five days, you need to make a decision whether if they go to the operating room or not. Um, now, uh, more importantly, moving forward, research should be looking at uh, markers uh, so you can identify those patients before they go into shock. But once they are in a, they have one organ failure, you have little time to make up your mind if they need that they need to go to the operating room. I mean, a lot of us get people that are transferred in from other institutions kind of way behind the eight ball. So do they still fall in the same category? Say they show up massively under resuscitated, they meet organ failure criteria, they have C. diff diagnosis. Is it wrong to try to resuscitate them first and see if they improve? Or should we just take them to the operating room and deal and, and manage their disease in a surgical manner? Well, <clears throat> part of the resuscitation is, um, is source control. I strongly believe that the reason why we're such uh, good at taking care of uh, emergency cases is because we are also good critical care physicians. We, um, it's important to provide resuscitation, but part of the resuscitation is going to be um, either removing the collar, doing your lupiliostomy and washout, but controlling the source of sepsis. So in terms of the actual operative management, there's many things described in the literature. Some people describe removing segments of the colon. Some say do a subtotal colectomy. Some write about doing a lupiliostomy on table lavage and continue antimicrobial therapy through the colon to try to preserve it since it's actually a mucosal problem. How should we approach this? Um, so that's a very interesting question in the guidelines. So that was actually our first speaker question. We looked in the literature for the past 10 years. And uh, you can imagine what was the uh, difference of the articles that were written in, uh, in 10 years. So there was the different way of writing, different way of uh, presenting the evidence. However, in, uh, in all of the evidence points out that the standard of care should be total colectomy. The patients that got a partial resection, they have a prohibited mortality. Lupiliostomy sounds like a great alternative. However, there's only one article in the literature that supports that technique, <clears throat> and we could not give a recommendation based of, on one uh, institution's experience. Uh, moreover, there have been failure of that, of, of the ileostomy as well as recurrence. So until we have more data, we cannot give a recommendation, a strong recommendation regarding the lupiliostomy. The gold standard should be total colectomy. So, and in the operating room, I, I've had uh, people that have referred patients to us, they've operated on the patient, but they left the colon in place because it looked okay, uh, despite the fact that they knew they had C. diff colitis and had organ failure. Uh, is this something that you would expect to see in the patient who has fulminant C. diff colitis for basically the colon to look boggy? So um, that's, a, that's a great question. Exceedive colitis is a mucosal problem, as you mentioned. Um, in the review of the literature that we, uh, that we did, the patients that had uh, a, just a, a negative, quote-unquote, negative exploration, all of them required to go back to the OR and then have a total colectomy. The mortality of those patients in all the series was 100%. Our recommendation, if, if you're taking them to the operating room for C. diff colitis, and if the colon looks great, then you have the option of doing the lupiliostomy, but something needs to be done. It's not going to be, the colon might not look um, terrible, but the, the problem is still there in the mucosa. So say we do the gold standard, which is the subtotal with an endileostomy. What do we do with the pouch? Do we leave a drain in it? Do we irrigate it? Do we just leave it alone? 
There's no sufficient evidence to say what you do with that. Um, I can tell you that uh, us, as well as the Pittsburgh group, we leave a catheter and uh, irrigate the rectum with uh, vancomycin. The, um, the in infectious disease doctors and medicine doctors give a dose of 125 milligrams of vancomycin, which if you're giving it through the, without a procedure through an NG tube is, is gonna hardly reach uh, the colon. And if you're giving it to an enema, is not going to go uh, furthermore than the sigmoid. Um, the Pittsburgh uh, group uh, recommended a dose of 500 cc's, 500 milligrams of vancomycin in 500 cc's of their fluid of choice. We use this dose. Um, of course, get, keeping in mind that you don't want to blow up your rectal stump. So say we do the, you give them the lupiliostomy or you take out their colon. When do we decide to have the discussion with the patient, when is it time and okay to reverse their uh, intestinal continuity? That's a fantastic question. <clears throat> Most of the argument for doing a lupiliostomy and colon washout in patients that have an intact colon is um, reversing the ostomy. In our experience, and that's also congruent with Pittsburgh's experience and uh, all of other centers, those patients might have a high incidence of recurrence. The patients that had recurrence in our institution were really sick and require an ICU admission. One of them died. So there's nothing in the literature that can guide our decision yet. I would say if you're going to reverse those patients, we have to think that we have to make sure that these patients are um, somehow receive less antibiotics or we think ab about a way of repopulating the colon with good flora. I wonder what the role of fecal transplant could be after the patients have been, um, they're out of the sick period and the acute period in, um, in repopulating that colon before um, a reversal uh, takes place. So we have our source control, the patient's doing better. We all know that there's defined guidelines for antibiotic duration of therapy for various intra-abdominal catastrophes. But in this situation, do we have any good data on how long we continue after we have our source control? So as you mentioned, we, if you remove the whole colon, you do have the source control. There's no guidelines yet to tell us for how long to give antibiotics. I would not recommend IV antibiotics. However, your, if you leave a stump, a rectal stump, that rectal stump is still infected with, uh, with Clostridium difficile. So in that patient, um, lo uh, topical antibiotics to the intestine, such as vancomycin, will be the way to go. And what would be the best diagnostic test for determining if the patient has C. diff? A lot of times we take the word of the outside hospital, but those records aren't always available and it's in the middle of the night. Should it be culture? Should it be toxin, PCR, or is it all institution-based? That is a fantastic question. <clears throat> we use the toxin. However, uh, it's important that the clinician keeps in mind, in some cases, these patients with C. diff are not going to have diarrhea. They're going to present with a colonic ileus. So if the clinician has a suspicion of C. diff, there's, there shouldn't be a delay to go to the operating room because the clock is ticking when we're treating these patients that are sick. We shouldn't wait for uh, until they're in shock and in vasopressors and in organ uh, failure. So should the outside centers that are in regional systems, should they do the operation and then let us do the critical care afterwards? Or do you think the patient overall benefits from just early transfer, let us take care of it? I think um, more importantly than uh, it's important that they have a good surgeon that can do the operation, but more importantly, they need good critical care. And as I mentioned before, the reason that 
we're good emergency general surgeons is because we have the training that can help us treat uh, their organ failure and uh, prevent issues as well as anticipate the things that can happen. Um, more importantly than awareness in the community, I think is awareness in the in our emergency medicine colleagues and our infectious disease colleagues as well as our medicine um, uh, physicians since when the patient presents and they're still not that sick, it's important to have surgery involved early and not waiting until these patients are uh, in multi-organ system failure. So you're saying for our colleagues that aren't surgeons, please call us ahead of time. We'd much rather deal with them early rather than late. This should not be viewed as a salvage therapy. Absolutely. I strongly believe that early um, surgical consult, it saves lives. This has been a great discussion, Dr. Ferrara. I'd like to thank you for your time for this podcast. This concludes another edition of the East TraumaCast. For copyright information and disclaimers, please visit us at east.org. For the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, I'm Dr. Levi Proctor.